today and welcome to GradChat, your opportunity to find out about graduate and postdoctoral research here at Queen's, brought to you by the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC. My name is Suyin, the DJ Bear, and I'm your host <laughs> once again for this year's end of the GradChat special. I just had so much fun last year quizzing CJ the DJ that I could not resist coming back for more. <laughs> That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So <laughs> I'm so glad you did that. Welcome back to your show, CJ the DJ. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Another year is coming to an end. Can you believe it? Uh, no, not really. It's been quite a year. And uh, actually, I can't believe that we are here once again doing a wrap-up show. I mean, the, the year has gone so quickly. And I had a fantastic time learning once again about our graduate research at Queen's in 2018. And I know next year is going to be just as good. Of course it is. Can you tell our listeners about how this year has been for you? It's been a little bit, we did things a little bit differently this year. We changed the summer programming. Some of that actually was because I needed a bit of a break myself. And a lot of our students during the summer go away on field research. So it's actually harder to get more people into the studio to do it. So we changed that a little bit and just did more of a a replay of some of our favourites. And then uh, what's been good this year too is that more of our students are taking advantage of coming onto the show as they seem to be more ready this year to come. And what what has been nice is that they realise a certain point of time in their degree that they believe themselves that they have something to say, which is what this is all about. So, you know, this gives them an opportunity, as as we know, to come on and talk about their research to, to people like ourselves. And it's really nice that they get to talk to me because I learned so much. Well, you had a quite a range of topics this year. I was intrigued to see a very different pattern from last year, knowing that this is not planned because there is not a topic center call for participants for GradChat. Can you remind us how students sign up for GradChat? Yeah, for sure. So the way that works is... Uh, first of all, I do a bit of a call out in our news- weekly newsletter to grad students and also via the graduate assistants of each of the programs to say, you know what, I'm, I need to get a few more people into the studio so we can keep the show going. And so anyone of interest then emails me directly. And from there, we work out a time for them to come into the studio. I send them a bit of uh, a, what I call a little form to fill out for me, which gives me the overview of what they're doing and also some questions that they actually would like us to, to ask because the purpose of this is for them to get what they want out to the community, i.e. what do they want the community to know. So if they've got certain questions that they need answering or they want to answer, I will go with those first. And then, of course, I add lib after that. And having done graduate for three years now, and I know we were just talking about this last week, you mentioned that your interviews with graduate students continue to surprise you. Mm-hmm. Was there anything different in your experience this year? I know you talked to us a little bit about that already, but have you noticed any changes in the way you conduct the interviews now? It's actually interesting because, you know, we have been here for three years, which is fantastic. Yes, congratulations. I, I, yes, I never thought we'd get that far. I thought, you know, one year and that'd be enough, but I actually love doing it. But I remember in the beginning, I used to get myself all worried that I didn't know enough about the work that right. our students are doing, which is really quite silly because the whole point of the show is to find out what they're doing. Yes. So I shouldn't have got worried about that. But I used to go straight away and read their overview and then go onto Google and see what Wikipedia would pull up on a particular topic topic and things like that, which I didn't really need to do <laughs> because the one of the points is when they write their overview, I should get a pretty good sense just from the overview about what they're doing. 
Mm-hmm. and be able to formulate my own questions from that. So part of the the learning experience of coming on Grad Chat is not just the speaking part, but can they put an overview of what they're doing into words that are easy enough for us to understand, to get the gist of, of what they're doing, but also want to ask questions about what does this mean to, right. to you and me? So that, that's how some things have changed over over the three years that we've been doing it. I don't get as stressed. I think the only time I really get as stressed is if I have to do a live show, mm-hmm. which for me, the stress level is more of do I have enough questions to ask? And sound. And sound. <laughs> That's right, yeah, making sure the sound is on. And then, of course, with with the students, I never have to worry about that because they've got more than enough to talk to us. So it makes it very, very easy. So the stress levels have certainly been reduced. That's good. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm sure that our students listening will appreciate the information. Now, I noticed a pattern in the conversations throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Lots of community outreach and lots of conversations about the of not only our own quality of life, but also of a good number of public services for individuals. True, yeah. Which we'll talk about in a little bit. But now, let me ask you, why did you decide to have a set of nursing students this year? Nursing is an, an interesting program. I mean, it's one of many of our, our programs. But nursing, there's different levels of nursing, not just master's or PhD. There's the master of nursing, nursing science. There's the primary healthcare nurse practitioner. There's the PhD. They've got online programming right. as well now, and their PhD program is there's also the online version as well. So there's lots of different areas of progr- uh, programming for nursing. And, and what I wanted to highlight there is what does those different levels mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could call it part of like a recruitment strategy to alert people these are the various fields that you can go into with nursing. Right. So those, I mean, when you're going into nursing, most most of them are already an RN, a registered nurse, but they all go into different areas, whether they stay within the hospital system, whether they go into the community. But then when they come back to do studies in, in graduate studies, what does that mean for them doing their research? And do they then take that back into their programming, back into their full-time job? So I wanted to showcase some of that. And it was really fun to do, actually, because as you as you know, we had three coming on. We had Evan, who was doing the Master of Nursing Science, and he was looking at sort of educational games to help the, the nursing students understand a bit more about resuscitation science and doing it through virtual simulations. So that was fascinating. And they're the sorts of things we can do a lot of. You don't always have the live practical to be able to do it, but if mm-hmm. you can do a virtual situation, then that can be very helpful in, in your training. And then, of course, we had Natasha Larkin, who was a Master of Nursing, but that was in the primary healthcare nurse practitioner side. And she was looking at, of course, the implications of women who were getting ready to give birth, but they actually live in rural areas. And for them to be, if they have any complications or anything, they have to travel a fair way to get to, say, a hospital that will have the facilities and the equipment and the personnel to look after them if they have any difficulties. Right. So, you know, what does that do to the mother who it's stressful enough having a child, Mm-hmm. but then having to go away from home. Right. So there's those sorts of implications, and that's where the primary healthcare nurse practitioner can come into into play. And then we also had Vanessa Silver-Silver, who is doing a PhD in nursing, 
And Vanessa is actually one of our international students, and she's looking at, at the organ donation program that's in place and how can we improve that system because we see all these shows and we know people, there's times when they need an organ replacement and it's not easy to get. There's right. a lot of red tape and paperwork and all sorts of things you have to go through, not to mention you've got to be able to find a match. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how can we make this process better? So it was fascinating to see the three different areas and, and the kind of topics that they were bringing into their particular program. But it's also three areas that are very relevant to everyone. Everyone sort of can understand where that's coming from. Right, exactly. I mean, you also had throughout the year these conversations mm-hmm. this related to health, to the development of better practices in hospitals, yes. and, but also the relationship between exercise and the human body, right. and especially cardiovascular disease, and all of these conversations happening around services to the community. Right, Is right, correct? yes. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was, there was, it was actually quite diverse. And you mentioned some of the, like, the cardiovascular and other services. And sometimes you, you don't see where it fits or why why we put it under health kind of thing. So then there's people like Leo, who is actually doing a master's in sociology. He's looking at mapping, you know, alcohol-related issues to the youth and, and what it means to coming to the emergency centres in our hospitals. Mm-hmm. You certainly don't want our hospitals being filled up with people who are drunk, so to speak. So there's two issues there. There was one of, you know, the service being inundated with these people, but then the other issue, of course, is the, the youth themselves. Mm-hmm. Why are they getting to the situation where they're so drunk that they have to be sent to hospital? Right. So there's those sorts of things. Then there's on the another spectrum... Christine Moon, who is doing the huge program of MD, PhD oh, wow. in, in uh, social cultural studies and kinesiology. And she, she was looking at, you know, what it's like for someone from an, an ethnic background of looking at assisted dying. Mm-hmm. medical assisters, assisters dying and who gets the benefits of that so even though it's been legalized it was finding that it was more of the, the white caucasian sort of people were getting more of that benefit as opposed to say people from uh, who are with an asian background or anything like that right is it because of their background or is it because they, they're not aware of what's available? Do they have the right people talking to them? Is it the finances? All those sorts of things in place. So that was interesting. But then you have others who, you know, looking at our cardiovascular system, um, you know, Jennifer Williams looking at the menstrual cycle and, and exercise for both men and women and how that can have a, have a play on uh, our hyperglycemia. Mm-hmm. And then we've got people like, was it Laura Callender, I think? She was also from kinesiology. Right. Then she was having a look at, you know, what do the kids do? Because, I mean, we see all these kids now and there's only been things on the TV all the time about kids looking at, what do they call them, all the IT products that are out there. Oh, so right. whether it's the phone, the mobile phone or whether it's a, an iPad or something like mm-hmm. that. But then looking at, you know, those that are actually going out and playing, what, what is that doing to them? How much are they playing? Right. What is it doing to, to their system? And, you know, should we be tracking these sort of characteristics that are going along? Um, mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we want them to have good, good cardiometabolic health, right. not just sitting in front of a thing. We need to be out there exercising. Of course. So th- there's lots of different things. I mean, oh, and even last week, Laura 
of course, came on and talked about the foot and everyone think, OK, right. the foot, fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, how can we make the foot more efficient mm. at times? Because we use our feet all the time. Yes. <laughs> so, and so there's lots of different areas we can get involved in, which is which is fantastic. And I noticed that all of these studies are really invested in the ethics behind mm-hmm. this diagnosis or this services for the community. And we get other perspectives when it comes to ethics in, in law. For example, I remember Charlotte Blandner uh, talking about the ethics of animal labor. Yes. Right? Yes. And then recognizing animals' work and talking about all of these political perspectives. And I also was thinking of Michael Tremblay. Right. Talking about how to transform ourselves to be the kind of people that are moral not just to know what is moral or right. And I think that that really plays into that idea of how do we improve these services? So looking at that background, at those roots of what we consider moral or ethical, it's, right. it's really interconnected with all of this. Well, it's interesting with Michael because he's in philosophy mm-hmm. and he's also a wrestler, a varsity wrestler for <laughs> us. I remember that. And, we, and an academic all-star, which is even better. And what I found is interesting because here is a, a philosopher. He's looking at philosophers from like 2,000 years ago, you know, the Stoic and Epictetus. But then he's bringing it back into the healthy body, healthy mind. Right. And I never would have thought about a philosopher doing that because to me, philosopher is humanities. How can we Mm -hmm. mix that with health? But you can. Yes. All right, because you're looking at body and mind. And even with Charlotte, even though she was working on ethics to do with animals and what does you know the work that animals do for us do they have rights Mm -hmm. something I'd never even considered and perhaps we all should consider things I mean no matter who or what is working they should have certain rights yes absolutely Uh, so that brought into perspective for me something like I said I never would have even thought about down the track and now that you mentioned that things that we should consider because this conversation also tied very well with preservation of the environment and I know that you love discussing this environmental movements and yes. environmental awareness or awareness of how to protect our environment. Well, it's totally actually because, I mean, who said climate change and all that is not affecting our environment? And I remember a couple of years ago we had an art historian on and looking at how climate change was changing some of the, the natural historical buildings and things. Oh, right. Because it's got an effect on the buildings. Yes. So And that was happening because they were getting more floods through this through this particular area. Mm-hmm. So it was getting the, the historical aspects were getting washed away. We, they wouldn't normally have those kind of floods if it hadn't been for climate change. And then you have people like Gemma Bullard from Civil Engineering. She's working on predicting the size and shape of tsunamis well we've all heard about tsunamis in Mm -hmm. the last couple of years if you haven't you're not listening to anything (laughs) but tsunamis are happening at a more frequent rate Mm -hmm. and if it's not tsunamis it's hurricanes and cyclones or as we've just had recently all the various bushfires that are going on Mm -hmm. so that's from you know the opposite spectrum the place has got too dry Right. You know, and the climate has got so extreme that it gets hot, hot, hot with these hot winds as well and not enough moisture and things. So who says these climate change isn't making a difference? It is. And then Gillian Thiel 
from geography, what she was looking at is what's happening up in the Arctic. Of course, we know the ice caps and things there are slowly melting. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I shouldn't say slowly. They are melting at a faster rate than they should be. Mm -hmm. And then, but with that comes, the permafrost is also changing and thawing out, I should say. With that comes all the, you know, the carbon that's sort of stuck in the ground there. Then they've got the microorganisms that are coming awake and starting to eat this. And then they're giving off greenhouse effect. Um, methane and all that sort of thing so this whole cycle just because our climate is warming Mm -hmm. has such a dramatic effect and it's been fascinating to see we can say yes we're getting more cyclones and the weather patterns are changing but for instance with Gillian the permafrost is is thawing and this is the repercussions of that Mm -hmm. and it's thawing faster than what we're, we're expecting so you know, there's lots of different things like that. So if, if anyone says this is not a possible, you know, nothing's actually happening, well, guess what? It is. And what's really nice is that our students showing some of this very, really, really good substantial research and some of it's master's and some with this PhD, but even at the master's level, which is normally two years max, they can still find enough information there to give us a result to get us thinking further. Mm-hmm which is fantastic. Great. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, I'm just rolling off the tongue yes. here. <laughs> well, I'm going to test you now. Uh-oh. That's very scary. Um, yes. Do you remember which of your students that came to the show talked about bullying in school buses? Yes, I do, actually. Oh. Probably one of the reasons is I, I sometimes I do forget what people what research is connected to what student but with this one it was Sawyer mm-hmm. and Sawyer's from education and the reason I remember him even more is because he also came on the three minute thesis ah. and talked about it so he's talking about bullying on on buses and what the drivers themselves or see when mm-hmm. they're on the buses and, and what are their rights and what what should they be doing because of course if they're there employed to be a driver, right. you'd hope that the main concentration is on the road. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we do know bullying goes on on buses, which is why they've got cameras and things in the buses to see right. what's going on. But it was interesting to find out what the, the bus drivers themselves felt and what kind of backup they've got from both the, the education system mm-hmm. And the parents and all that sort, you know, the whole group. Right. Because they need that support because they're in a, quite a precarious position because mm-hmm. do they stop the bus if yes. bullying goes yeah. on and things like that? So that was fascinating. So, yeah. That's good. Very good. <laughs> Passed. <Right>. Next question. <laughs> yeah. One of your students discussed that her research project was about inclusive education for children with intellectual and developmental disabilities in Ghana. Yes, that's Christiana Carey. Now, Christiana is an international student here in rehabilitation science. And that was fascinating, too, because we have a better understanding of what goes on in our own country. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really fascinating to find out what is happening in other countries. And even though Christiana is in rehabilitation science, it's also relatable to education. So it's good to see what was happening in Ghana and the fact that they're trying really, really hard to make programming more inclusive for those students who have a little bit of an um, intellectual disability. Mm-hmm. But it's more than that because then it's are the teachers trained exactly to be able to, to have all, all levels of uh, students' mm-hmm. abilities in one classroom. Yes. And if not, what training needs to be needs to come into play to make that work. 
impact. So it can't just be, yes, that's great, let's put these students into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. What's being done around it yes. to make sure it's going to be successful? Yes, but it's stressful for everybody. Correct. So it's important to have the, the teachers to have that support and that training. That's right. And too. that seemed to be the part that was missing. So she was trying to prove it, that we need they needed more training. Yes. Oh, very, very interesting. I, I find it fascinating that all of this work is being conducted and we hardly ever think of graduate studies or graduate student work as something that could impact, impact. the community, right? And in addition to all of the awesome knowledge that you have gathered, <laughs> has Ratchet had any impact in your social life or on your social life? Well, yeah. Do you ever bring up into your conversations what you have learned about different topics? Um, when somebody mentions to you that they are having difficulty sleeping, do you go, ah, oh, yes, one of our students wrote a dissertation on insomnia <laughs> and right. in romantic culture and poetry? <laughs> yeah, that was Katie. <laughs> yeah, Katie Hunt. <laughs> or, or if you were to visit a home museum, do you think you will start a conversation with, did you know that there is so much we don't know about Victorian home. It's not that was Isabel Lucci <laughs> yeah. from uh, Art History. Yeah, yeah, that was actually. It's, it is interesting that you say that because I can pretend that I'm really knowledgeable <laughs> in a lot of different areas because of these grad chats. So you're right. People would bring up something, and I and I can do one of those little fast facts. What did, are you aware that blah blah blah? And everyone go. Really? How did you know that? I said. Well, one of our grad students is actually oh. researching, so I can just go on. The problem comes is when they keep asking too many questions, then I kind of get stuck. So I can do the general. So as long as it's sort of the peripheral stuff, I'm okay and I can sound very, very intelligent. After that, I do get a little bit, it gets a little harder. <laughs> so, you, need to, you need to travel with your cards. Go, I do. Oh, you want to know more here? Listen yes. to Grad Chat. Listen to Grad Chat. I should. Yeah, I should put that on there. Yes. For sure. Oh, well, this, been, this has been fantastic. And I hear that you're going home for the holidays. Yes, indeed. Yes. You well know the winter break is always a little bit of a contradiction. On the one hand, well, it is a break from all the studying, from the learning, from all the work. But on the other hand, it involves traveling long distances and keeping up with a lot of family or social commitments, Mm -hmm. which can be very stressful. Other situations as you stay home and then you're working through the last part of your chapter or catching up with work, which I'm sure you know. Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So in those situations, what do you do to relax and make the most of the break? For me? Yes. For me, just being around the family is is what re-energizes me anyway. So Mm -hmm. yes, it means you're getting your family in one mass hit over a couple of weeks. (laughs) So, but you really do get your fix and that's normally enough to sort of get me through the next year I shouldn't say it like that I can get through the the year no problem but I certainly do like going home and visiting the family Mm -hmm. particularly as my nieces and nephew and now my great nephew are all growing up and it's good to be able to see what they're doing and also catching up with my sisters and my mum and dad often we've got family extended family that come to visit us so because it is nice and hot we have our and we're christian we have our christmas lunch out in the backyard so we can do that so when you've got anything between 16 and 24 people it's easy to have that outside Night, which is good. So the sun certainly helps. Oh, so right. that recharges me too. But the family, and I think that's for the most thing for uh, even with grad students, it's important to take some time off to be with family and friends and, and forget about your work 
whatever that might constitute, and just spend some quality time with family and friends. I think that's the best energizer possible. Oh, well, thank you. That sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. You deserve a good break from the cold weather. Thank you. <laughs> Not to mention a good reward from all the fantastic work that you and the School of Graduate Studies have done this year. Thank you. And among the many wonderful things, I have to say, this writing circle Right. On PA days for graduate student parents. It was a fantastic good. initiative. It was nice to see those parents, student parents there that uh, with all their kids. And the kids were great. Yes. My kids <laughs> said it was the best day. Well, it was funny because uh, Suyin's son wasn't sure he wanted to be there that yes. day. But by the end of the day, he did not want to leave. So mm-hmm. there we go. Our ACES camp um, students did a really good job. <laughs> and for parents, it's wonderful just to be able to drop off your kids and get space for yourself an entire day for writing, for catching up with all of the writing that doesn't get done. Yes. Because of all of these other duties. So I really recommend that you take advantage of this in the new year. And I hear that we have uh, we have a, a new graduate student lab. Yes, it just opened up. And what it is, it's in store for library. And we're very, um, we're very fortunate we had a, a, a really good donor who did her undergraduate degree here at Queen's Ooh. back in 1948. Goodness. And, uh, and then since did her master's in li- librarianship. I think that's what it's called for, library sciences. But has always remained very, very close to Queen's. And uh, luckily, Martha Whitehead, uh, the director of the li- uh, Queen's Libraries, got got to have a chat with her and she knew we had we wanted to get more space for grad mm-hmm. students and the the library did have a space but it kept getting it wasn't the best space to be able to sit and really concentrate on rewriting it was also it was too open there was too many undergrads around that could inf- infiltrate which sounds <laughs> awful but it happens so this new space is a nice space to be able to write a nice space to be able to chat in little groups um, a nice place just to sit and read, but only grad students can go in there because it's going to be password protected. So really fortunate for that. Yes. Can't wait for the students to really use it properly in the new year. So uh, we, we're very lucky and we're very thankful f- to Dr. Howard. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is really, really great. We're very thankful for that. Every space <laughs> available is really valuable for all of us. It is, students, it is. Honestly. And so, so those undergrads at times are grad students. Although they love chatting to you, as your teaching assistants or teaching fellows, they do need time to be able to do yes. their own thing. Yes, absolutely. And before we end this show, and without giving too much away, because you will give us a little preview of next year's lineup when Grad Chat's back in January of yes. 2019. And we know that you're a strong advocate for showcasing graduate research and find it very important mm-hmm. for this work to continue. Can you give us a clue of what you're looking forward to in the Look, new year? Looking forward to? Well, more great research being yes. showcased to you. So this is not going to stop. This this show is actually, to be honest, a really important show for our grad students because one of the things I've been saying for a long time is that we need the not just the Queen's community but the greater community to realise that the research that our grad students are doing is very, very important. And it might, might not always be at the level, say, what you hear about that our faculty are doing, but our grad students do a, a lot of work and it may be the starter that can be used continued on later but it's highly highly important if we don't have a show like this to give our students opportunities could easily be missed and a lot of great research get it's it's not known i want people to know about the graduate research because it is fantastic our students are very very good they work extremely hard 
So we will certainly continue doing that next year and also seeing what else they're doing because, you know, as we all know, that just doing all work and no play mm-hmm. is no good. So I want, I want people to also realise that our grad students can do can work really, really hard but also do things outside of their work such as helping in the community right. and, and then just socialising because we can have a lot of fun and creating those little graduate communities. You could say this is a bit of a recruitment tool. Absolutely it is because it is podcast, but it's also an opportunity for our students to get their work out. Perfect. There you go, friends. Consider signing up to do the show in 2019. And this brings us to an end. Time goes so quickly. You're right. It is. It's gone really quickly. Really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, CJ the DJ, for letting me hijack your show today. You're very welcome, DJ Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what we want to say now, though, is because this is going to be our last show for the year. Uh, so Christmas Day, we're not putting a grad chat on. I know you're going to be disappointed, but no, yes. we'll just have some nice music and things. But we will be back in the new year, but we do both Sue Yin and myself or DJ, the DJ Bear and CJ the DJ, very much like to wish you, uh, hope you've had a great year, wish you a fantastic holiday period whatever that encompasses for you hopefully as i said you'll get time with family and friends but have a good time stay safe if you're traveling be careful traveling and we will absolutely see you all in the new year because grad chat is not going away thank you very much cfrc for that but we are we will be back but have a great holiday have a good holiday everybody thank you cj the dj welcome until next, next week, year next year until next year until next year <laughs> this is Suji and the DJ Bear and CJ the DJ signing off with, with a, a big, big hooray, hooray. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.